0: Building Men is brought to you by Finish the Race Apparel, FTRapparel.com, the creators of all things Building Men, and by Become Stronger Industries, become-stronger.com, the creators of handmade steel maces, hammers, and other badass equipment.
1: You're the problem, but you're also the solution. And giving men that level of uh, motivation to realize that you're getting everything in life that you deserve based on the peace person you're being and the, the thoughts you have and the actions you're taking or not taking
0: you're listening to the building men podcast with dennis and anthony miralda brothers on a mission to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally spiritually emotionally and physically welcome back everyone to the building men podcast i am your host Dennis Moralda, and today we are joined by brothers Adrian and Vince Del Monte. I'm really excited for this episode. One, just to get into just the stuff that goes on between brothers that have grown up in the same household, all the shit that goes on there, and then working together to help men become better versions of themselves. So if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that is what we are all about here on Building Men. So Vince is the OG of online fitness marketing. And his brother Adrian is an educator. He's an unbelievable breakdancer, from what I learned recently on social media. And they are the co-creators of the Men of Bedrock. So, men, welcome aboard. I'll start with you, Vince. Welcome aboard, man. Good to see you,
1: Dennis. Is a super cool man.
0: Absolutely, and and Adrian, dude, the the breakdancing. I mean, is that something that you've been (laughs) practicing along the year? Like, did did, did you just jump up on stage and jump up on your head? Give me a little bit of background there. Yeah,
2: man. The Thanks for having us. Uh, Yeah, Vince and I are coaching together online, but currently I'm I'm also a a high school teacher. When I was in high school, I joined, like, the Breakdance, the BDF at St. James Catholic High School, the Breakdance Federation they called themselves. They all had the – you know, the Adidas pants with the, or the, you know, the three stripes. And um, I joined like, like most teenagers in high school, looking for like a sense of acceptance. And yeah. oh, how many years, I'm, I turned 40 this year. So that was 22 years ago. And a few things stuck. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm an active break dancer, but the, that situation was appropriate for it. So I did a bit of breakdancing this weekend. Yeah.
0: And here's the thing too, when you jump out on stage and do something like that, you're using muscles that you haven't activated in numerous years, yeah, so when yeah, you yeah. did, was there a groin pull? Was there anything that came no, along? You know with what?
2: It? Uh, I'm wearing a hat now, but I'm I, I I'm bald, right? So when I did the head spin, and let me give a tiny bit of context, people didn't see the reel or whatever. Uh, like we were at a a retreat for we had 500 students. Energy was crazy after two years of COVID. The kids were just like pumped, and and you know what? I was pumped too to be there. So I I did a head spin, and normally I'd wear a toque for. Normally I say. I should have wore a toque for that, but I didn't. So I, like, came home, and my wife's like, what's on your head? And it was all, like, scarring up because I had spun on my head in front of these kids. And um, don't regret it. The kids are talking about it. If anything, you know, you work with young people. What they want to see is people do things outside their comfort zone. And for real, I didn't have to do that. I could have stood off to the side. And so um, the the scar, I think, was worth it. It was worth it to get the kids talking, get the kids dancing, get the kids laughing. So...
1: It was your most popular reel, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, dude, that reel that reel killed now. it too. <laughs> it got twelve thousand views. I was just telling them if you want to hit if you want to go viral, you need hundred percent watch time. So you got probably hundred percent watch time on a seven-second video. So there you go.
0: Yeah. 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 It so was the, really yeah, impressive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The body was okay. My body was okay. The, the head took some scars, but
1: I think it was impressive is in front of so many young kids that <laughs> were like their their reaction just to like that that's what really was a move me. I'm like, man, that's what they want. They want, yep. they want to be inspired. They want to be led. They want to be fired up from their teacher. They're looking for leadership, all this BS about, you know, kids want to you know figure out they don't know what the hell they want. They, you know, you got to show them. So it is just kind of a, a tangible thing in my mind that, that represented more.
2: And, and that's maybe it, right? Like, you know, I teach the leadership course at my school, Vince and I are running a, a program to help men become better leaders and and it's all words. Everything is words. You know, there's so many talking heads online about, you know, whatever cliches you want. Uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. Whatever they are, but until it's matched with some kind of like, oh, that's what it looks like in real right. life. It doesn't. So breakdancing for teenagers was like, you know, we tell them, step outside your comfort zone. Maybe that was an example for them. It was like, wow, that's actually something that was challenging. So I think yeah. matching words with action is so important at all ages, but particularly with young people.
0: And a great point, too. And here's the thing. When you can connect a learning experience to some emotion with kids, that's when learning happens, right? So you're you're telling them step out, outside of your comfort zone, but then they have the feeling of watching you up on stage like recalling the Breakdance Federation days and you're up there. It's, (laughs) so it reminds me, um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. When I was, it was my second year as an assistant principal. So going back, it was 2006, 2007 timeframe. And what I did at the end of the school year, if you guys are familiar with the movie Napoleon Dynamite.
2: Yeah, Happy Hands Club.
0: Oh my God, it's absolutely (laughs) tremendous, right? So at the end of the school year, I, I mean, I could... Call out so many lines from that movie. Uncle Rico, Kip, they're like just classic characters. So at the end of the school year, we were about to do the talent show. And what I did was I had the student council president come out and basically she said, please enjoy a skit from Pedro Sanchez, just like it was from the movie. And I came out and I was dressed up in the, like Napoleon dynamite with the and vote I,
2: for Pedro? Oh, you were Napoleon for, dynamite.
0: You know, I vote. I came out with the wig on the glasses, vote for Pedro shirt, jeans and moon boots. And mm-hmm. I wear a size 12. And the only moon boots that I can find were like a size nine and a half. And I'll tell you what, guys, I bust it out as good of a, like I was in early thirties, white guy doing the Napoleon dynamite dance up. i freaking killed it. And I still have kids now they're like in their late twenties, early thirties are like, Mr. Moralda. I remember when you did that dance, I'll never, ever forget it. And it helped them be like, you know what? You didn't care about us laughing at you. You didn't care. You, it was about the experience. So I wanted to take the opportunity, Adrian, just to say like, well done. Yeah, really, really appreciate cool it. Right the, there. Kids,
2: the kids, as sad as it is, you know, they don't typically remember our lessons and I would say the same. I've seen Vince speak live in front of his students his like adult fitness coaches many times. I guarantee the stuff they remember is the stuff when he's outside his script. Like yep. that's, that's all they remember. Like the authenticity, the real stuff. That's, that's what sticks with kids, not the like generic lessons they know you've taught for 20 years. So yeah, good to you. Good on you too, Dennis.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, man. And, and so Vince, take us back to your upbringing. I'd love to hear a, a story The you know, you have a, a ton of brother stories Pick got a good story that you can tell us about you and Adrian growing up.
1: Adrian, which one should I tell? Like one stepping or what? We talk
0: one one, one,
1: one stepping. Step <laughs> about-
2: I, I thought you were going to, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That, that, that's going right back to the beginning.
1: Dennis send me up. What, what kind of theme? I, I think there's, we got so many running stories. Um, you know, me kind of getting caught up in the uh, Gino crowd and hitting the clubs. Adrian testing it out, but not for very long. Um, there, there's been a lot, Adrian getting really, you know, relentless pursuing his now wife going back. Adrian was very black and white. I think that's where I want to go. Okay. Uh, Let's hear still, it. Still is
2: still <laughs> yeah. is. Oh yeah. Still big time. Very
1: black and white. It's either right or wrong. There's no gray. Adrian never lived in the gray. I think I lived in the gray and I don't know why, but you know, there was always like a bit of compromise, negotiation, you know, rationalization, Adrian was a right or wrong. Like he wasn't a guy you wanted to debate with. You're going to get beat. You know, you just, it's one of those things. You're just like, it's not worth it because he's going to just keep going. And and I, I found that to be one of Adrian's strong suits. It's very like, it's probably also what makes him a really good coach and leader is that he doesn't create a space for excuses. It doesn't create a space for negotiation, and you know I know that's not a specific story, but I know when we were debating about even just things around the dinner table that you typically shouldn't be debating about at the dinner dinner table, uh, you know whether it's politics or you know race stuff or COVID stuff or vaccine stuff or you know philosophy stuff. Those are typically the things you avoid, but. Adrian would typically lean in um, on where he stood. I would tend to just back off like, yeah, you know what this, I don't want to get into it. So one thing, uh, you know, I've learned from Adrian is that he's very firm. You know, when he was talking about like, he kicked off this podcast with words have kind of become meaningless these days. And we live in a culture where, you know, people confuse language with lifestyle. I think he really recognizes that and uh is not trying to be a part of that part of that or add to that and uh you know really tries to you know show his his stance his belief with like he'll he'll engage like if you want to engage with him he's going to engage so just be ready uh be ready if you want to have this debate uh if you want to push him on an idea he's going to push back so i think age has been very clear even i'll give you a simple story um Back in the day, I used to hit the clubs hard, bottle service, all the genos. I looked like I hung out with the Jersey Shore. And I would say, Adrian, you got to come with us. We're going to Dragonfly. We're going to Dragonfly. That's a big club in uh, Niagara Falls. And, you know, we were pretty used to, you know, knocking down four to six bottles a night between a small group of us. And uh, Adrian got in on the action a little bit. Once. Once. Yeah. Literally, and that's the end, and that's the end of the story. It never happened again. If we were out, like if we had like a a massive celebration, you know, if it was uh, you know a baptism, if it was a birthday, if it was a million dollar month, whatever, Agent wouldn't even have a sip. If you said, "Come on, bro, just come on, this is celebration, bro," he's just you're not he's not gonna budge. And since that trip to Dragonfly. I uh, will spare the details with the aftermath of a couple bottles of rum and, and vodka, but I never seen him drink another day in his life. I'm kind of like, I haven't got there yet. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. I'll do it again, but he's just, he learns quickly. Right. And that's something that's always stuck with me.
0: Yeah. I'm picturing almost when you're telling the story, it's the morning after from the hangover where Zach Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper are waking up. There's a chicken and a blow up doll. <laughs> You know, there's a tiger tiger and (laughs) there's a jungle cat in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm picturing right now. So, um, Vince, you mentioned the the dinnertime debates that would happen and you would have these lively discussions. Adrian, something that you talk about. I heard you on a podcast and you talk about at your own dinner table right now. Mm -hmm. You have this tradition and you call it roses, thorns and rainbows. I think it's a really cool thing that you do with your kids. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, we. We really prioritized dinner time. We got it from our dad. We learned a lot from our dad. Our dad was very, very uh, intentional. Um, and dinners was a big deal for us. Even when Vin- Vince and I and our, we have a younger brother, Michael, um, we got into competitive sports like young. Our dad was a scholarship runner. He ran Division One at, at um, he went to University of Wyoming. But dinner time was, like, prioritized. Even even if we had sports, like, over the dinner hour, we would still eat later in the night or weekends. We, we would eat together. So that's something my wife and I have kept. So our dinner time is more than about sharing food. That's the practical function, right, of dinner time. You got to, like, fuel. Um, we see it as a time of connection. So we have young kids. Our sons are five, seven, nine, and, and we typically play games around the table. One is called Rosenstorns and Rainbows. And everyone gets a chance to share... Um, rose their highlight thorn their low light and then rainbows is always like the thing they're most looking forward to like in the remaining hours of the day my boys use it to like leverage dessert or something it's right and i'm i'm (laughs) I'm looking forward to ice cream an (laughs) extra scoop yeah that's exactly right what they do but we found it's um yeah it's just it creates a sense of like purpose at the dinner table Um, you know, we really believe that things need to be done on purpose. And so dinner time for us has always been, that's, that's a battleground for my wife and I, we we're willing to fight, you know, they say, pick your battles with your kids. We fight for that one. Like we, we try not to have activities during those hours. We really try to get the kids involved in cooking the meal. Otherwise, you know what happens at meals? You make this beautiful meal. The kids don't like the food and they ruin it. But when they, when they cook the meal, then they're actually part of the experience. They're sitting down to some – at least they set the table. So we're really intentional around dinner time. For us, that serves – brings the family together. We share our day. We catch up. And, and really, for us, we laugh a lot at the table. So the games help, especially – we have a five-year-old, right? So, you know, it gives him, like, something to talk about and contribute because he can't engage in – You know, normal conversations. Right. And that's one
0: of the developmental needs that kids have is the need for autonomy, to feel like their voices are a part of that space. So having the intentionality around providing the space for your family, and that's something they'll never forget. They might not remember the specific conversations, but they'll remember the, the way that they felt during that time. And Adrian, you talked about that was something that was passed down from your parents, from your father, as you guys were growing up. Vince, you did a post recently about the five G's that will ruin a man. And they were goals, girls, gluttony, gold, and glory. And they, that you said that that came from conversations with your dad. I'd love for you to dive into that a little bit. I, it's something with building men. We talk about, it's not about how good of an athlete you are. It's not about how many girls you're banging. It's not about the stuff, mm-hmm. right? And it goes, that that's basically the premise mm-hmm. of, of how I started building men back 17 years ago or so. And mm-hmm. when I saw that, I said that aligns so succinctly with what we're doing here. So can you talk about that a little bit, Vince?
1: Yeah, well, you gotta know my dad. My my dad is like uh Tony Soprano, Rocky, and um, you know, think of your favorite pastor all wrapped in one. And um, you know, my my dad is a king of one liners so I don't know where he got that one. We don't we don't we just he he's always reading. So if you w- went to the movies with him when you we were growing up, he'd have a bag of five books. So that's what me and my brothers remember. <laughs> oh, like, dad, what are you bring five books for to the movies? It's like, well, the previews, you know. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't go anywhere without a bag of five books. He's not exaggerating. So with that, you know, you know, if my dad was here, he'd probably say something like, well, you know, Dennis, if you don't care about your character, no one else will. Right? If you don't value your own character, who else is going to value your character? Mm. So I think that's where those five G's come from, because they're all kind of rooted in your character. Your character right. is who you are when nobody's looking right? Your reputation is what you know of me online, what you've read about me, what you've seen about me. You don't know my character unless you've got a camera in this house 24 seven. You don't know my character. You don't know what I said to my kids this morning. You didn't know what the went down in the car ride to the school this morning. You don't know interactions with my spouse, you know, my team, like that's who you are when nobody's looking, that's who you are. So I think my dad has always been for, for my brother and I, my, and our youngest brother Michael, I think my dad is, has has really understood that, and has just really tried to model and inspire us to get our inner workings intact. And he's always told us, you know, if it's not working inside the house, don't export it. Mm. And that's a high pressure message. It's like, because right. you know, on social media, everybody's teaching through their learnings and you know their vulnerabilities. And I'm like, some stuff you should keep to yourself and really solidify before you start even sharing about it. And I get it. You know, there's value in hearing people's struggles in that. I'm not saying you're ever going to be perfect, but I think he, he was, he's on to something there. I think he's on to something before you, you make yourself, um, you know, open to, you know, fire um, and criticism. When you put yourself out there and you start proclaiming things like be a better man, uh, be a better dad, be a better father you know, live with integrity. Like when you start saying that stuff, there's way more pressure on you, right? If, uh, if, if a pastor has an affair, he's going to lose his job tomorrow. If a pilot has an affair, he doesn't lose his job because the pilot's not going on the intercom, telling everybody how to live their life. So when you're trying to model a life of integrity and character, There's a lot of pressure on you and you need to be surrounded by men who can like support you and hold you up and just call you out and say, Hey man, let's get this right in your own personal life before we start exporting this because you're setting yourself up for a major fall. Mm. Like I said, language is very easily confused with lifestyle these days because of Twitter, Instagram, one second videos, reels. You can say some impressive stuff, but if there's no roots, you're, you're bound to fall. And
0: I think my dad figured that out. And
1: that's where a lot of his advice comes comes from.
0: I appreciate that. And one, as I'm listening to you talk, Vince, listening to Adrian with just those, mm, mm, yeah, like those little <laughs> affirmations along the way, he's really like your hype man. That. I told him to tone those down.
2: He can add he, We get separate tracks. He can edit me out. It's all right. the,
1: first time, the first time we talked, I couldn't hear myself talk because he was doing oohs and ahs every other word.
0: I'll tell you what. I mean, you could hire yourself out as a hype man. I, I would love yeah, to go up yeah. on stage and just have you in the in the corner. Mm, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Amen. You've, Praise you've been, the Lord evangelical church growing up. We had a lot of that, Dennis. Yeah. Plus we're Italian, right? So right. The, whole, the whole thing is there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Adrian, if your, your brother just talked about the the one-liners that your dad had, is there one that stuck with you or is there a one-liner that you like to use with your own kids? Like, Hey, come here. Th- this is something that I want you to, to remember the whole exporting thing. Like your brother just said.
2: Yeah. I, I, um, Vince, you're gonna have to help me with this one, but it, it comes back to so a thought, Vince, how does this one go?
1: Oh, dude, I got I got my Bible right here. My dad yeah. gave me this Bible when I was, I know it, but I'll just, just I don't know if this is going to be on a video, but this is what he put on the very first page, Living Proof. I received this Bible when I was 13. Read us he, this one. Yeah, I read it. So it's, you know, at the top, he says, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. So a thought, reap an act. So an act, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. Wow. So yeah, this, that, that that one's huge for me. Absolutely. That, yeah, I think I think we, every man can relate to that, right? Because I mean, the longer you live, the more you're like nodding your head. Holy Jesus, that's so true. When you're 13, you don't know what the heck that means. But he was implanting that wisdom uh into our minds in our hearts at an early age. And Man, how true is that, right?
2: Yeah. He always said character counts twice. Or that's his character counts twice. And to me, that's, you know, that's a lesson I try to live by. It's something I pass on to my students, my own kids. Like, you can be a great communicator. You can have a great social media following, but character counts. Like, character is your bedrock. It's like the thing that ultimately you rise and fall on because, as Vince said, and our dad's life proved, like, it, it, with, it, it's who you are all the time, not just when people are looking. It's, it's okay. crazy. Yeah. That,
1: um, I won't reveal any details whatsoever here, but I was just having a, a job interview with a, a very successful uh, head of operations at a very, very successful fitness organization. Uh, everybody likely knows uh, listening to this call. And, uh, you know, I was connected via an acquaintance. You said this individual is looking for a new opportunity and I got the chance to talk to them for the past hour, literally right before this podcast started. And I asked, you know, why are you switching? This is what an, an opportunity to work for this company. And it went back to a, a character flaw in one of the owners. Hmm. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, it, a character flaw. And, you know, she gets paid very well. fast growing organization. She has leadership. She has equity. All, everything you think you could ask for. But this one character piece that's missing is is unsettling her to the point where she's just, you know, she's starting to venture out.
0: Impressive. Yeah. I mean, and congratulations on that. Hopefully it leads to something um, yeah. Yeah, really tremendous in the future.
1: Who, who, who knows? And, and again, when you hear that, like I'm not saying that to like, you know, you know, I'm just thinking of like how how crucial is right just to think that like really trust is everything yes trust is everything I, I heard um oh man i think it was in jim rome or somebody on the uh david ramsey show he was interviewing some legend in our space personal development guy not tony robbins but somebody even way older long story short i remember him doing a whole podcast and he must have said it like a thousand times trust is everything trust is everything And I I, uh, was like, has it really resonated as much until maybe recently when you start to have deeper connections with people and you're looking to grow and scale and you can't do it on your own anymore? Uh, You you have to have um, that trust in place. And once you lose it, really, really hard to get back, if ever.
0: And so Adrian, you have a you have a story from this past weekend that is a good connection to one what Vince was just sharing yeah, with us. I,
2: I was thinking there um and I know, you know, Dan's one of the episodes I I really enjoy when you have your son on. Uh how old is he? He's
0: he's, he's in high school or he's just Yeah, finished? he's sev- 17 years old. He's a senior in high school.
2: Yeah, so he might like this story. We were we took 500 students away on this like overnight trip up north. First time since after COVID. And so the kids I think many of them had have forgotten a little bit how to socialize. Just in Canada, it's, in particular in Ontario, where we are, it's been pretty restrictive. And after our uh, the night, our second night, we got the hype so high. We did break dancing. We had these like lip sync battles. The energy was pumped, and the kids went back. and And before they left, I gave them a big pep talk on we need to bring the energy down. They didn't, and they broke a deck. They were all like seventy kids on a deck, and they broke the thing. And That didn't bother us as much as the next morning, we were asking them, guys, what happened? Um, How did this? And everything was an excuse. Well, I said, were you at your cabin? Well, I was close. Well, we, we had like kids where they weren't supposed to, but in their mind, technically, they were close enough. And so me and the teachers talked and we said, we have to deliver a message for the kids And my students have have come to call this speech the bullshit speech because I went up on stage, 500 kids, and essentially the message I delivered is we're not upset about the deck. We're upset about the excuses, the the lack of character. This is why, like, just the, like, well, you know, it wasn't as bad. Well, and and I said, that's bullshit. That is bullshit. We've been holding your hands. We've been helping you a lot. The last two years has been hard. We don't debate that. But it's over now. And and it's and for you to continue staying in this pattern of like, oh Well, uh, well we just had had I think enough. And and the rea- and afterwards I said if you need to own something, we want you to stay behind, stay behind, and we're gonna ask first of all to pay for the deck. And if kids don't stay behind, there's gonna be a consequence. We were gonna cancel one of their activities. And you know what? 70 kids (laughs) stayed behind in this room and signed these like notes of this is what I did and here's what I want to do better in the future. And what it said to me is they do have inner voices. And I think as adults, what we're trying to do at that young age is help them like identify which voice they should listen to to really reveal their character. Now what's really sad, Dennis, we work with men, you work with men. Some men still haven't found that inner voice yet, right? They're still bullshit, right? Bullshit. Well, my wife. Well, my wife. Well, my kids. Well, my job. Blah blah blah. Bullshit. And so, I think what I saw when those kids stood behind was a desire to show I have a I have character. I I I, I th- th- my character matters to me. It, it, it was it could have gone it could have gone poorly. Kids could have been like, well, I wa- I wasn't really I was I was beside the deck. I wasn't on the deck. Blah blah blah. But instead, they owned it. They took responsibility. And, and, and I think I was way happier that they had that teachable moment and they learned than had we just like either swept it under the rug right. or, or ignored it altogether. So, yeah, I, I, I see character coming out for teenagers. I see it for men. And so, yeah, I just want to hit on that point. I thought that story really demonstrates uh, what, what Vince was talking about with thoughts leading to destiny. Thoughts, habits, character, destiny.
0: It's interesting, when I was a a principal, one of the things that I used as a mantra was the the acronym WATCH, and WATCH stood for words, actions, thoughts, character, and heart. Mm. And there's there's this quote, and it basically aligns with what Vince was saying, and it's like, watch your... Um, watch your thoughts be, because they become words. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they that becomes your character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. And it basically aligns with what you were saying. And and Adrian, what it made me think of was there's this quote. I, I can't pick out the author of the quote off the top of my head, but basically he says, we can forgive a child who is afraid of the darkness. It is really challenging to forgive a man who is afraid of the light. And mm-hmm. when you say that story, the light is the accountability piece, you know, like you need to step into the light and own your shit and own what you've done and be brutally honest with yourself. One thing that you guys have done over the last couple of years that I thought is tremendous one doing it as brothers and then bringing in other men, which led to the men of bedrock, which we will get to is you guys had this whole accountability thing and you did 75 hard together So that was like the start of this accountability journey. So Vince, talk to us a little bit about where that came from, the the idea to do this 75 hard and and what, what that led to. Building men of character, integrity, strength, compassion, and empathy through transformational mentoring, coaching, and motivational speaking is our mission here at Building Men. To work with me as a one-on-one life coach, you can find information in the show notes or you can visit our website at buildingmen.io where you can book a free 30-minute discovery call to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Now, back to the show.
1: Well, three years ago, I'm my uh, third kid, Abriana, And um, it's when I was growing my coaching business, you know, a couple hundred members, Uh, dealing with a team of 30, 40 team members, Uh, I guess uh, I was under a lot of pressure, felt a lot of stress. I felt a lot of weight. I felt alone. And uh, man, I found a simple vice known as red wine. And uh, I uh, think I put back maybe five, six bottles of red wine a week uh, for almost three years straight. I've always been lean, muscular, not always, but for the last decade, lean, muscular. I went from like a lean, a muscular 203 up to 227 pounds uh, where I had a gut for three years. And it really started to negatively affect my ability to lead because I felt like an imposter. I felt like a fraud. I'm gonna like, telling my team members to hold their commitments. I'm telling uh, my students, to level up and not compromise and stop settling for complacency and comfort. And here I am needing to find relief in a drink. And that became a vice. And I knew it was a vice because people say, oh, nothing wrong with wine every once in a while. It wasn't every once in a while. And there was nights I'm like, what am I drinking a bottle of red wine on Monday night? I just had the weekend off Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. So I told Bedros this in in December when I hired him for his final year of one-on-one business coaching for $100,000. I said, Bedros, I got a gut. And he cut me off right there. And he said, Vince, we need to fix this. It's the first thing we're going to do. And I said, I didn't know how he was going to react when I said, do you think I need to do 75 hard? I wasn't sure if he was going to say, nah, it's too extreme. He said, yes, that's exactly what you need. We sometimes books, Therapists, you know, coaching does not work. What works is beating the shit out of you, mm. of yourself, and just like actually doing the work. So 75 hard was exactly what the doctor called for. And I just needed something that eliminated all excuses, all blame, all negotiation, all complacency immediately, as Agent calls it you know, no rubber knifing it. This was just a clean cut. One day I was doing all this stuff. The next day I was locked in 75 days, two workouts a day, no alcohol, no cheat meals, one progress photo a day, four liters of water a day, 10 pages of reading a day. Agent, did I miss anything?
2: Well, yes, one thing, not on the list. (laughs) You started 75 hard twice without
1: success. Yeah, maybe, I think it was three times.
2: Yeah, so Vince told me, when Vince asked me to join him, because, you know, uh, Dennis's question was around accountability. Yeah. I think he failed on day one, then he failed on day three, and then when he was successful, and now Vince, I think, is through. He did 75 hard, and now he's also done – have you done it, Dennis? I don't know if you've done 75 hard. I haven't
0: done 75 hard.
2: Anyways, when you finish it, that that's called like boot camp or something. And then you go on to phase one and then phase two. So Vince is like three phases into 70. It goes after. It's more than just 75 hard. But when he got success is when he brought a group together. And that's when he asked me, uh, five other guys. Um, there was nine of us initially. And every night we would post our checklist, encouragement, accountability. And almost all of us got through at that time right including vince right so when he said did i miss anything the, the key component i think in the success was we did it together and I, I think that's the light you talk about right like that's the light the the program is is well designed to build mental mental health or uh, sorry mental toughness i think I think people who are – well, we found our success was a result of doing it together. Like, very close. Vince and I were lifting together. But we had guys, one guy in Florida, a guy in northern Virginia. We had guys – like, other guys in the city. But we never were together except in that chat. And that chat, the accountability, that kept us honest. Like, right? Because there's a level of, like, I don't want to be the guy – who, like, pulls out. I want to be the guy who raises everybody else up. And I don't think fear drove me, but certainly I was inspired by everybody else's example. Um, I don't think Vince and I are shame coaches. We're not like, man, like, we're not like that kind of coach. But we absolutely see the power of accountability, how it brings everybody to a new uh, level. I I think there's a a quote I like is, rising tides raise all ships. You know what I mean, right? So we were all rising or one guy was rising so we all went up with him and, and, and that was that was the secret i i i think for me it was that that my brother was doing it other guys um and you know it's great all these guys who i did it with I, they were all in Vince, they were all vince's friends or in vince's network they've all become like brothers to me as well right through that experience of doing it together
0: and it's having that what Vince said having the bullshit speech you're not shaming you're having the bullshit speech with people and that accountability comes from you guys going through it together i believe we all need three men in our lives we need the man who is the mentor the guide the sage the yoda the obi-wan that guy that could is is ahead of us that can that can mentor us we need the guys that are in the trenches with us going through it. So what you guys did was you provided an opportunity to go through this brotherhood experience together, recognizing it's all freaking hard. Like we get it. We're all doing it together though. And when you had to post at night saying I did it, like you, you have that level of accomplishment, but also the group feels the accomplishment together. And then the other man you need in your life is the one you could turn around and reach your hand back to help up to where you are so you have you're, you're really getting that full spectrum met of the mentor the people that are going through it with you and then the mentee and what you guys are doing right now well before i get to that i have to ask about this because having this accountability check too you guys posted the goblet squat challenge like you tease it out there like hey grab someone after the leg day grab a 50 pound dumbbell and go until somebody stops and you guys are doing it next to each other and you leave everybody hanging. Who, who was, who was the first one to stop? I was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, to
2: you, you know what? No. So, so that we, that we, you know, in, means, our, in, in, in our, our pro it, brother, uh, in, our, in our program, we do challenges, right? Ch- challenges, men need challenges. You put a guy on a program, you know, he'll, he'll probably do it with some good accountability. Yeah. The challenges bring up, like this week's challenge was one mile run. Uh, our coach, coach, Coach Ryan calls it the cardio monster. So Vince and I finished our workout Saturday morning, and then we went over to the local track and we ran a mile. Like we ran, a, and, and neither of us wanted to do it. We had just done legs, but we both like, Random miles, So the challenges bring out the best in you. Now in the cardio monster, um, uh, what'd you get Vince? Vince got 68. I think I got 67. So like he, he, he waited till I finished and then you <laughs>
0: <strapped> <laughs> that you. one, yeah, yeah. that one more brothers. That's what you do, right? That's, that's, what what you do. Do. that's what my brother would do. I'm 14 years older than my brother. Um, and there was a time that I would have gotten the extra rep in and now that's him. He's the one that's going to get that one more rep. And then me with his, like physical fitness freak that he is, Vince has the has the goblet squat, but Adrian is absolutely going to be able to do uh, like a spinning headstand from the breakdance federation for That's a longer it. period of time, right, Vince?
2: And and I crushed him, I crushed him in the one
0: mile run, so
2: put it right. on the record, here. yeah. I did it. I
0: did it. Talking about that level of of going through it with the guys in the tribe together, and then reaching back and helping those that are coming after you. Tell us about, so this led to this, this group that you did with the 75 hard. You're like, we're onto something here. We're onto something where we have a group of men that are coming together and we are helping them become better versions of themselves. They saw us roll up our sleeves, go through this experience with them. We have something here. So that this led leads into you guys having this discussion about, we can do something together to help men become better versions of themselves. So talk to us about now the men of bedrock. What is that? How can we find out more information about that?
1: Adrian, let me jump in. So, yeah. I think what we quickly realized is that change is not that hard when you stop making loose commitments in your life. All right. There's just way too much babysitting and hand holding and just, you know, monkey dancing around. Like, oh, is this exercise good enough for you? Oh, what about, do you need a substitute for this food choice? Um, oh, oh, okay. If you feel like that, maybe we should take a day off. 75 hard just completely eliminated any space. Or excuses. Mm. And I think what we realize is that we could transfer this into a more holistic program that will develop men, not just physically, obviously that program is a mental toughness challenge but we could, we could transfer these into becoming a better dad. What if we had the same type of app structure where you have to check in at the end of the day, you did it, or you did it with spending 15 minutes with your wife every day. Did you eat dinner with your family today? And you got to report into guys green checkbox or X. That's a whole nother freaking level. I don't know anybody who's doing that because you're like, you're actually going to tell a group of guys that you haven't talked to your wife for seven days straight at night. And it's X, 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 X. So what we wanted to do is create an environment where guys were willing to say, yeah, this is a situation. And I think we saw this as a chance not to kick people out of the program. If they miss something, 75 Hard absolutely has a time and a place. We, we, we love that program. However, what Adrian wanted to create was a place, a safe place where guys feel supported and where he can do an exercise he calls the three whys. So if you didn't read your 10 pages today, the question is, is why didn't you read your three pages today? I was super busy. Why were you super busy today? Uh, because it took on too much at work. Why did you take on more work? And now we're having a whole different conversation It's say, like, okay, so why work is so hard? You know, where's your identity? You know, what's your priority in life, you know, and now we start to have some productive conversations and make some headway because we're going to the root car, the root issue. And this is, I think, what we didn't want to have as a superficial coaching program that kind of just it's transactional and okay switch your calories all right switch your macros okay you can't do this try this instead it's no no you're the problem but you're also the solution and giving men that level of uh, motivation to realize that you're getting everything in life that you deserve based on the piece person you're being and the, the thoughts you have and the actions you're taking or not taking and i think that's what we wanted, and we wanted to add in our own personal uh structures. We call them rocks that have been really helpful for us. An agent can walk through the actual structure of the program. Um really, you know, 75 hard, the beauty of it is that you know what the program is before you start. Like the right. mystery, you're not buying the, the the deliverables. What you're buying is the accountability and that once you screw up you're out and now we're talking about your word are you a man of your word because if you don't own your word then what do you own you own nothing in life mm-hmm. if you're not a man of your word you know i can't count on you if i can't count on your word what can i count on from you so now we're going right to the core of do you respect yourself no wonder your kids don't respect you no wonder your wife doesn't respect you no wonder your kids don't respect you no wonder social media the people you're trying to attract to to, to you know follow you on, online, don't respect you. So you don't respect yourself. So we're going to some really root foundational principles um, and they only get smoked out in an environment where guys are honest and guys are are just hey, this is what's going on right now because now we can start asking the questions.
0: I love that and I, I there's a quote I interviewed a guy's name is Nick Alfano. And a great dude, right? And so the quote that Nick uh, put a, put forth in the podcast was, "The most powerful dude in any room is the one with nothing to hide," mm. and it's so true because if you you could bullshit the whole world, but as you look at yourself in the mirror, if you're not honest with yourself on a deep level, it, 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 you go nowhere. You're not going to be able to leave your family. You're not going to be able to lead people in a in a business sense. And so that's where it starts. So at the end of the day, if you didn't do it, like having the I I need to put the red X there because I did not get this done. People could put the green check there. Yeah, sure, I did it without being honest with themselves. But that comes back to bite you. That definitely comes back to bite you in the ass. So Adrian, taking that idea with the men of bedrock, I I love what you guys are doing, but you have an opportunity right now in your current profession to also use what you're doing with the men of bedrock and influence young men in the high school area in, in, in that time frame. So take what's a lesson that Kids in high school, I have, I have a 17-year-old son right now. He's a senior in high school. What's a lesson that he absolutely needs to learn that has nothing to do with the curriculum that's in front of him?
2: Yeah, I would point to character. I really would. Number one lesson that I said to my leaders was how we do anything is how we do everything. I, and I know that's I know that's being settled. I don't know, Vincent Bedros, maybe Bedros that comes from Badros. I don't know where it comes from, where I first heard it, but I believe that truly. I And the reason I tell students that. Is anyone can show up for a day on a three-day leadership experience to, like, we take them to this beautiful camp. They call themselves a resort, actually, and climb, do high ropes, and do these activities. But can you wake up this morning, um, 17-year-old Dennis' son, and empty the dishwasher? Right, like you all about that life. Like I know, I know, I know you'll put it on when you're on the football field. I know you'll you'll bring the heat on the football field. I know you'll do that. But will you empty the dishwasher for your mom? Will you have a conversation with your sister? Like we talk a lot. Sibling rivalry is huge at teenage years. But like, who are you going to be to lead a bunch of grade nines as a senior level student? Sorry, um, freshman <laughs> uh, to lead a bunch of freshmen when you're being a dick at home. Like I, I think how you do anything is how you do everything. I tell my students, like, I don't want you showing up for a leadership experience. If you're the kind of student who then, and this is what I see, they get a hoodie for being a leader. They get this like special hoodie that says I was a leader, but it violates our school's uniform policy. They're allowed to wear it, but in class. And so then they'll like challenge the teachers in front of everybody. And I say, you can't wear the hoodie and say you're a leader if you're not gonna role model like Wearing the uniform properly. So I, I really do think how you do anything is how you do everything like I think it connects I'm thinking back when I was a kid and I'm like I can remember We had a paper route. I had a paper route every day from the time I was eight till the time I was 19 years old every single day except Christmas Day And I can remember you had to go back in those days. They didn't pay online remember Vince You had to go collect You'd like go to the person's house and say it's six dollars and forty cents. And I remember I'd show up and knowing before I left, I need to bring change. The guy's gonna have seven bucks, so I gotta have 40 cents change. And sometimes I would ignore it. I would just like go up to the thing and be like, he'll probably tip me or whatever. And if not, I don't know, it's not my problem. And and I'd get called out. He'd be like, You didn't bring change. Like my neighbor would be like, You didn't bring change. And and recognizing, shoot, that that reflects on me that I that I I just assumed that this like that, that, that he would just give me a tip, that reflects on me in like a sense of laziness. I didn't take the time to like properly do my job. And those examples that I learned when I was a teenager, that's the same shit I learned this morning when I didn't want to empty the compost at, at 4.30 in the morning, but I did. Like that's a lesson I learned as a teenager that I'm still like living out every single day. Like, cause the little things make the biggest difference. Um, hope that helps.
0: Now, that's a good story, too, about the paper route, and it it probably drives you as crazy as it drives me as you go anywhere now, and you pay for something with a debit card on the iPad, and it comes up like the expectation of a 15, 20, 25% tip every single time, right? Yeah. It's it's almost becoming that that has become the norm rather than service above and beyond. And for you to, to have that opportunity to share that piece of advice with someone in that high school time frame, mm-hmm. Like, listen, how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's, it really, it goes beyond just the academics, just the sports. It's really, like if you go to the bathroom and you, you know, throw a piece of paper towel out and it misses and it lands on the floor, are you going to pick it up? No one's there, right? Are you going to pick it up and throw it in the garbage? Cause that's the right thing to do. No one's watching. That's the opportunity to do the right thing or not do the right thing.
2: Yeah, Dennis, I heard on Bedros's, uh podcast, he started a new podcast, first episode, he uses that as an example, and he says, like, he's in this company talking about how to make the company more efficient, and he goes into the bathroom, and, and he says there's piss all over the seat, and he goes back and says to the owner, you got a problem, and they're like, what's the problem? He goes, you got to fire this guy, someone's got to own it, or you got to fire this guy, this is your problem, that was representative of a bigger problem in the company that people didn't wipe the seat when they missed. Right. So these little things, they make a huge difference, like a huge difference.
0: Or fucking pick up the seat. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. Bullshit. Right. Because I don't subscribe to men sitting down pissing. It's just one of those pet peeves that I have. Like it just, you stand up to pay. I it's that's one of those things. All right. So the last question that I like to ask in the podcast guys, and I would love to have an opportunity in the future to run this back again with my brother, because uh, we just scratched the surface here. There's so much value that you have brought already. Um, and I'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you again. But the last question that i like to ask is, and I'll ask you first, Vince, is somebody's listening to this podcast right now. You've already provided a tremendous amount of value to anyone's life who was lucky enough to be rich, enriched by the last hour. But say someone's listening right now and they push pause on this episode and they could do one thing right now. And by doing this one thing, it could really change the next year of their life, the next five years, the trajectory of their future? What's one thing that someone can do right now, Vince?
1: Switch your mind frame to measuring in years and decades and not weeks and months. I see so many people maneuvering into self-sabotage because of very, very big expectations in the short term and really small expectations In the long term, I think if people can just really embrace their journey and that it's unique, it's special, it's different. If you can embrace where you're at and know that you're getting your lessons when you need them, you'll be able to settle in. You know, it's kind of like a long, long run. You're able just to kind of settle into the pace and stop trying to feel like you need to surge. What are you trying to surge for? (laughs) You're freaking mile one. This is a mile race. You keep trying to sprint. Why do you keep looking around you? Why do you keep worrying about people passing you or who's up ahead? Run your race, stay in your lane. That's what I'd say.
0: And it's that idea of people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and vastly underestimate what they can accomplish in five years, because it is a marathon. This thing that's called life that we're all experiencing right now. Adrian, same question. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I'll go super practical. Um, one thing you could do, I say, turn off your phone one hour a day and play with your kids. That's like, or or if you don't have kids, talk to your wife or your partner or your spouse. Just get down on the floor and wrestle with them. Read a book with them. Like, turn your phone off and don't like set your phone aside. Like, turn it off, put it away, and do something with your kids. Um, I think, man every Asian. single night when I have a rose every night when I report on my roses at the dinner table it's always because I did something like that it's never about like I achieved this at work or that right. like it's always about yeah boys my rose today was when daddy didn't I didn't I don't say it like this but it was when we when we played tag at the park that's that's when we played tag that was my rose today because it's always worth it
0: and you're like and I smoked your ass and tag yeah
2: I always remind <laughs> them <laughs>
0: All right, guys, where can we find uh, Men of Bedrock? Where can we find you guys individually and in what you're doing?
2: Yeah, you can find Men of Bedrock on Instagram, Men of Bedrock. Uh, check us out there on Instagram. Vince, where are you? Vince is, Vince is international.
1: We're just on Instagram for, for the time being. I, w- I went to see one of my uh, my barbers. He's an Italian guy, Sergio, and he introduces me to all the other old Italian guys. He goes, this is Vince. He's international. <laughs> No no, 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 This is Vince. He's global. That's global. Like,
0: he's global.
1: <laughs> just imagine some Italian guys going. This is my buddy. He's global. Hey, this is my buddy Dennis. He's global. <laughs> you got it's a scene right out of like. I
0: love song. it. I absolutely love it. you're like a pit bull, but from yeah. Canada.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just my name at Vince Damonte. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, podcasts
0: awesome i'll put all that information in the show notes this was a blast guys i appreciate just the brotherhood feel you definitely get that vibe from you guys i appreciate everything that you're doing for the building men audience go one step further than you thought you could go we'll see you next time on building men